Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. And this week, um, we have a very interesting company that we actually like a lot to discuss, and that is ProStar. Today, we have the CEO of ProStar on the podcast, Paige Tucker, all the way from the US. Just as a reminder, ProStar is listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, TSXV, under the code MAPS, M-A-P-S, and also on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange under the code 5D00. We're going to go into a little bit more about uh, what the company does and, and some of the aspects that we really like about it. So welcome to the podcast page. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This is this is quite it's quite an interesting company and it's it's very unlike anything we've come across before. Can you give us just a, a sort of a brief uh, overview of ProStar, what it does and um, what the the uh, the core technology is? I sure can. What we've done here at ProStar is we have designed a patented mobile and cloud software solution that's offered as SaaS, and it provides the ability to precisely capture, record, and display the location of surface infrastructure and also subsurface infrastructure, including buried utilities and pipelines. This is something that is of great use to people who are uh, drilling a hole in the road. So we see it you know, all over the world. Guys come along, they dig a great big trench in, in, in the street. There's in fact, in my own street at the moment, there are some guys doing exactly that. And in some cases, they don't get it exactly right. And they go through somebody else's underground infrastructure at the same time. Um, that can be gas pipelines, that can be power cables, that can even be uh, fiber optics cables, as we learned to our cost here last year when the broadband disappeared. That can be extremely costly. And, and this is a, this solution that you have um, is something that a wide range of um, users can actually utilize, can't they? Yes, absolutely. So actually any entity that's involved in either the construction, maintenance or repair of infrastructure uh, would benefit uh, from this product. For example, even if you're just repairing, say, for example, um, you know, a major roadway or or a highway, uh, anytime you to do any type of repair on those roads, there's a high probability that you're going to damage something that's buried below the road, because that's where the majority of utilities and pipelines, and as you mentioned, you know, fiber optic, cables, uh, water, you know, water uh, systems, they're all buried below the road. So it kind of works both ways. Um, anytime you're working on the road, you can damage the buried utilities. Our system is designed to significantly minimize the risk of hitting anything uh, that's buried below those roads. Because, uh, like, for example, here in the United States, uh, we have over half a million strikes a year on utilities. Uh, and those are the ones that are reported. We know that it might be twice that because a lot of times they'll just go, oops, and they'll uh, cover them up and move on to the next job and hope nobody uh, notices that they actually, you know, hit a line. You realize that when the power goes out or all of a sudden there's flooding in the neighborhood, uh, you know, that's usually when people realize, you know, when it's a little too late that a line has been hit. But that actually works out to about a strike every minute of every working day. Uh, and it's only getting worse. And of course, United States, our infrastructure, um, you know, is fairly young, if you will. Uh, 
compared to other countries' um, infrastructures, and in particular, um, you know, the UK and throughout Europe. Yeah, we did. I did some uh, some homework on this uh, for the UK, and it's uh, the estimate is that the average strike here in the UK costs about twenty thousand pounds, and total is about billion pounds worth of damage every year just in the UK from people doing exactly this. And and the thing that struck me about about ProStar is that the is that people are still that inaccurate. Um, and and what you're bringing to the table is is a solution that that uh, considerably enhances the accuracy for for anybody doing this um, and ensures that the chances of them damaging anything under the ground is 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 much reduced absolutely i mean basically what we've done is we've taken an industry that is still in many ways uh, implementing very antiquated business practices um, and workflows and we've just modernized it with new technologies that in many ways we use every day, you know, in our private lives. But a lot of times we don't take those same technologies and implement them in our professional lives. And the reason for that is, you know, change. Uh, you know, we're humans. Uh, we don't necessarily like change unless it's considered in some ways a major um, advantage to start using a new technology. You know, we use the word disruptive. Disruptive in many ways just means that we're completely changing the way that it used to be done and we're adopting a new way um, that's a major change. But a lot of these business have, businesses have been using the same business practices um, you know, for maybe a decade, two decades, or even three decades. So it's very difficult to get them to change unless you start to see um, a high adoption rate. And we're starting to see adoption here in the United States and in Canada, implementing our technology from some of the largest construction companies, um, engineering and surveying um, firms, and also um, US government agencies. So once you start to see that level of adoption, then it can kind of you know work its way down throughout other organizations and, uh, and government agencies. And that's what we're starting to see here now um, in North America. So I think eventually it'll Cross the pond, if you will, and we'll start seeing some adoption in Europe. And and I guess it's important to emphasize that this is that your business is already relatively mature. We're not talking about just a, a startup in a warehouse. There's, you actually have um, a lot of uh, important strategic partnerships, and you have some some pretty big clients in the engineering and construction space already. Oh yeah, yeah, we have uh, Fortune 500 uh, construction firms government agencies, including State Department of Transportation, uh, especially here in Colorado, where they actually mandated um, our software, which means that all the utilities, all the construction companies, all the engineering and surveying firms, basically anyone that's involved in the life cycle of managing buried utilities that are on a government right-of-way, uh, by law now, um, are mandated to use the ProStar solution to identify where those utilities are located and then provide that information back to the Department of Transportation here in Colorado. And we're in discussion with other uh, states to also implement the same type of uh, solution and potentially even the same mandate. In terms of um, the way it works in practice, I mean, your sort of flagship product is some something called Point Man, and this is something that can be used on mobile devices. So like a um, a mobile phone or a tablet, which is portable. People don't have to buy new hardware to use it. 
it's it's they can just be out there on site um, at the construction site and they have this on their on their device and they can access it that way so it's extremely it's extremely portable um, it's extremely easy to to for new employees and people like that to get hold of download and, and start using right away yes correct so um, again it's a mobile and cloud platform basically we're just a pure software company and what we do is we integrate seamlessly into all of the major equipment manufacturers that are required to identify and locate where a utility is buried and then capture that information at precision levels particularly our focus is between about one centimeter to 10 centimeters which is known as a survey grade and in order to do that then we have to seamlessly integrate and pair to precision GPS receivers, you know, not the receiver that's in your mobile phone or, uh, you know, in your in your tablet. Those are only accurate to maybe about, you know, a meter to, to two meters. So you have to integrate into precision GPS. And then uh, we capture all that information just on a standard um, mobile device. So any commercial based mobile phone or tablet, we capture that information in real time. And then we push that information up to the cloud and then it's readily available to whoever needs that information, including, you know, out in the field or in the office in real time. So there's no delay. And that's really what's key to our system is that number one, you don't have to change any of your current business practices, meaning a lot of these companies have invested, you know, a lot of money in current equipment that they're using. And obviously they don't want to have to, to reinvest. And that would be one of the, um, roadblocks, if you will, from from adoption is that if there had to be significant amount of money spent on buying new equipment, then they'd probably just keep doing it the way they're doing it. So we're, we're integrated into all the major, for example, cable and pipe um, locate tool devices, um, including radio detection, which is actually a company based out of the uh, out of the UK. Also, Vivex, Metrotech, um, Subsite. And then we're also uh, integrated seamlessly into all the major um, GPS equipment manufacturers, including MLED, Trimble is the big one. Uh, we're a business partner of uh, Trimble, but there's also several others that we integrate into. And then uh, again, you capture that information of it precisely where that utility is located below the ground, capture it on the mobile device so that you can actually visually see where it is. That information can be shared with the construction crews, the engineering and surveying crews, you know, even the excavators that are digging the, the hole in the ground so that they can avoid hitting these um, utility lines. And then it's pushed up to the cloud so that anybody, you know, within any organization that needs this information can also have access to it. And maybe more importantly, what we can also do is we can update the records that they currently have because the majority of records that utility companies have on where their utilities are buried, don't have any real level of confidence or what we call precision associated to them. So this also gives them the ability to update their records. And of course, you know, we say in the data management business, uh, the better the data, then the better the business decisions. That's, uh, yeah, I, I find this quite fascinating, particularly from the, the UK perspective, because obviously here, a lot of the data seems to be still held by guys like Ordnance Survey, and we've got sort of subsurface 
infrastructure, some of which is 150 years, maybe, you know, almost 200 years old in some cases. It's, it's uh, very easy for people doing any kind of construction work using that kind of data, some of which is, is, is ancient, <laughs> to actually go through a pipe that's been sitting there for, for decades and decades. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, part of the problem is, is that the data that we do have um, on where these utilities are located, um, as I mentioned, um, you know, doesn't have any level of confidence or precision um, associated to it. The precision being um, identifying where it's located geospatially, uh, you know, below the Earth's surface. Um, and the confidence level is the metadata associated to how that information um, was gathered so that, you know, I can make a business decision based on the data that's being uh, provided to me. So that's one aspect that's an issue. The other aspect of it and component is the fact that, as you mentioned, you know, probably around 50, 60 percent, I'll say, of the utilities throughout Europe were probably put into the ground, you know, over 60, maybe over 70 years ago. We didn't have the technology uh, to identify where we were placing those utilities. And on top of that, there wasn't really as much government regulation and compliance to even, you know, worry about it. And so it kind of compounds it. You know, there's there's two issues. Number one, the data that we do have, we probably can't trust that data to make a good business decision. But the majority of utilities and pipelines that were put in the ground were so long ago that we didn't have any um, ability to map where they were located anyway. Obviously, the company's not standing still at the moment. A couple of uh, recent initiatives you've launched. Uh, one is um, uh, one that will make it uh, basically more durable for um, users of the technology so that it doesn't um, use up as much power on the mobile device they're using. It's a, an innovation with Bluetooth. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so the way that we connect seamlessly to all these devices is through the uh, Bluetooth um, technology, which I'm sure that uh, you know most people are are somewhat uh, familiar with. So it allows us to seamlessly integrate into the other equipment manufacturers' devices. And recently, Bluetooth Lite was introduced, which basically means that we can operate seamlessly between these devices and the efficiency of those devices is increased significantly. So we're not drawing as much power from them. And what that means is the worker can work longer because we're not draining um, you know, the battery like we were uh, previously. So it makes our system and the other equipment systems uh, just more efficient. Um, and it allows the worker um, out in the field to work for um, a longer period of time. So that's great that, you know, we were able to leverage the um, Bluetooth low energy is basically what it's called. But on top of that, I think it also um, demonstrates and exemplifies that our technology is built on um, open source and uh, also what's called open APIs, which means we can quickly adopt to new technologies as they're introduced so that we can you know, continue to make sure that our system is, uh, is state-of-the-art, but also have the flexibility and be agile enough that if a new technology comes out and uh, we think that it's um, you know, better as far as the um, operations of our system, we can quickly adopt it as well. 
You've also, um, in terms of your distribution, uh, you've been working on um, a new scheme for dealerships as well, which uh, I'm guessing is going to considerably increase your your commercial reach, at least in the U.S. market. How how does that work in practice? What we want to do is to be able to leverage um, what we consider to be a distribution uh, network. So, you know, a lot of the equipment manufacturers that we have partnered with uh, including, as I mentioned, the uh, cable and pipe locate tool devices, as well as the manufacturers of the uh, precision GPS devices. You know, they have a wide and broad network, not only in North America, um, but throughout the world. And because our technology enhances the um, operations and also the um, kind of user's experience, basically it's a win-win. So there's synergy between you know, adopting and utilizing our software to enhance the performance and user experience of their hardware so we can leverage those networks to resell PointMan. So anytime one of their customers comes in and I, you know, wants to buy you know, their products, it gives them an opportunity to, to resell our product and sell the customer on, you know, this will actually enhance the experience they have with the equipment. And because there's distribution networks all over the world, you know, it makes sense that if we have that ability that we leverage them. And it also, you know, significantly reduces the need for us to set up additional offices or, you know, hire more salespeople, particularly if you're talking about, you know, setting up global operations, which is, uh, which is part of our plan. And it's going, it's going very well. We're actually working with several equipment manufacturers um, that have operations here in the United States. We're in discussions. Uh, with groups um, that are based out of, for example, Australia. And then, of course, the Trimble Network, you know, they have over 160 dealers around the world, and we're starting to leverage that as well. And I guess that's one of the things that when I, when I first looked at the company, I thought was really interesting about it is, I mean, you're based in Colorado, but you're, you're quite, you know, in terms of headcount, um, it, it's quite a small company, but it's just the sheer scalability of this because as you've just mentioned with with the dealership strategy you can be sitting in in colorado but because this is we're talking about data and software and the cloud here um you can be reaching dealers and construction companies all over the world even during pandemic lockdowns i'm, I'm guessing that that it should be um we should be seeing ProStar actually expanding quite rapidly over the next sort of six to 12 months without without the need for a huge amount of, of additional investment. Yeah, that's correct. And I think that's one of the reasons that we are an attractive um, investment. Number one, we're the uh, we're SaaS model. So, you know, basically it's a uh, software that generates, you know, annual reoccurring revenue. So you could have a pretty significant growth trajectory um, each year. The other thing that's attractive is what you mentioned. I mean, currently we have 25 employees. We're starting to see, uh, you know, significant demand for our products. So I just hired uh, four more employees, uh, which is based on hiring a salesman whose focus will be um, on the Canadian market. And then we hired another uh, mobile developer and then two more um, cloud developers. And in reality, I don't see any need to hire any uh any more this year, so that'll put us up around um, 30 employees. Our system is mobile and cloud. It's uh, self-serve. So really, 
to get somebody up and operating, they go online and they download the app and they're up and running. So it makes us very scalable without the need to add significant resources, even as we grow exponentially. You've also announced recently further tie-ups with the academic sector, um, where you're obviously doing more work with uh, engineering faculties in the U.S. Could you tell us a bit more about that and about about how that can help position ProStar going forwards? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, one of our, uh, you know, I'll call it methods of adoption and distribution is also working with academia. So um, we're setting up partnerships with universities that where their focus is you know, engineering and, uh, and surveying so that we can get our software, you know, in the hands um, of the students so they become, you know, intimately familiar uh, with utilizing and understanding the value of it. And, you know, once they graduate and get out into the professional world, then they basically take our software, you know, right into wherever, you know, they're employed and they are fluent on it. So it's a win-win. I mean, number one, we're providing um, our software uh, to these um, universities, you know, for free. So it's not a huge um, expense for them. We're also keeping them, you know, up to date on the latest and greatest um, software that's available for their students. And then the benefit for us is, is that, you know, as I mentioned, they become intimately familiar with utilizing our software, understanding value, and then they take it out, you know, into the real world where it would obviously um, increase our adoption rate. Um, and we're working with several major universities we're in discussions with right now. And, and hopefully, you know, over the next couple of years, we can have a large n- number of these universities utilizing um, our software, creating, you know, more exposure and increased adoption. Can you tell us anything else about the plans for the future in terms of uh, further expansion of ProStar? Um, maybe anything else uh, might be in the pipeline for for the European market or, or further developments with, with the company. I know you've uh, uh, recently primarily listed in Toronto in, in January, but more recently you've also listed in Frankfurt. Uh, yes, it's one of the reasons that we you know, wanted to list in Frankfurt to give us more um, exposure in the European market. Um, you know, as I mentioned, as a publicly listed company, uh, one of the benefits of being publicly listed is not only do you um, increase your exposure to the investment community, um, you know, but a lot of times these investors might um, own large construction companies. Uh, they might be a director uh, you know, within a large uh, municipality, they might be involved with, you know, in a large um, utility. So there's also the commercial exposure as well. But of course, one of the main reasons to, uh, to list is the fact that, uh, you know, it, it gives us the resources and the currency to expand. Our focus is definitely on the European uh, market. I know that we're talking to um, a utility company recently, actually, you know, in London. So if our technology is as disruptive as we feel confident that it is, then, you know, the adoption rate um, will significantly increase not only in, in North America, but it won't take much to, uh, to jump the pond, um, if you will, because this problem that we're facing in all countries on not knowing where our buried uh, infrastructure is, including uh, you know, utilities and pipelines, is starting to cause a major problem. 
it's not only a major public risk and environmental risk, but it's starting to actually create serious problems on economy. You know, the majority of commercial and consumer goods that are still moved around the world is, you know, is done by truck. And so if your roadways and highways and your bridges are becoming dilapidated and they're starting to, you know, fall apart and be in serious need of uh, repair, you know, and replacement, then as I mentioned, you can imagine what's going on underneath the earth's surface because by the time we see there's an issue with a utility line or a pipeline, it's often too late. You know, you've got petroleum products that could be leaking into our waterways, into our lakes, you know, even into the ocean. If a fiber optic line goes down, you know, it causes serious problems, potentially with universities, major businesses, um, and, and hospitals. But also, if you hit a, um, you know, a gas line, uh, it can go unnoticed for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, these um, gaseous substances can build up. And then if there's some type of um, spark uh, within the vicinity, you can have a major explosion. And I know that happens all over the world and probably including, you know, right where, uh, where you live. And unfortunately, when that happens, you know, houses and, and, and suburbs, you know, can be blown up. And usually there's some level of, of damage uh, at the public level where somebody is seriously injured. And unfortunately, we also see far too many loss of, uh, of lives. That's a very good point. The and I guess also when when you're looking at things from a strategic perspective, uh, there's a lot of talk here in the UK about infrastructure spending and how the government is going to focus on doing a lot of infrastructure upgrades. Um, similarly, the same thing in the US. Um, we hear a lot of talk about um, the need for introducing the new power infrastructure that's going to basically underpin the whole green energy revolution and it's it's already starting to happen here in britain uh, i'm guessing that's going to be quite a substantial opportunity for ProStar as well because there is going to by necessity going to have to be a lot of a lot more digging going on well you know and I, it's in some cases uh from an entrepreneurial standpoint you, know, you call it the perfect storm so we're starting to see significant adoption number one uh, in the market by you know, some of the largest companies, government agencies. And so once that adoption starts to occur, it kind of creates a, 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 a trickle-down effect throughout the market. We're, we're starting to see that now. And then, as you mentioned, uh, there's a lot of public and government kind of outcry right now that we got to change the way we're doing things because it's not working. And as I mentioned, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a risk to the public and to our environment. And then on top of that, most of these you know, large economies, if you will, throughout the world, they're talking about that they have to do something to fix the infrastructure because it's starting to have you know, a global economic impact. So, for example, here in the United States, um, it's estimated that uh, it would take $2 trillion over the next 10 years to get our infrastructure up to where it needs to be. Uh, to support the economy. And on top of that, we can get into some numbers. For example, here in the U.S., uh, there's $10 billion spent on identifying where utilities are buried below the ground prior to any construction, $10 billion. And yet they estimate that there's still a $30 billion negative impact from the damages on those utilities on our economy. That tells me that whatever we're doing is not working. So if we're going to significantly increase the spend on our service infrastructure, 
then it's going to have a significant impact on our subsurface infrastructure. And so, you know, it, it's time now that we implement modern technology to identify, um, you know, where these utilities are buried prior to any construction, or we're going to see, you know, a significant increase in damages. And with the ProStar solution, we can address that. I'd also like to mention, you know, from an investment standpoint that we currently have 19 patents. So I know you mentioned the fact that we're, uh, you know, we're not a startup. We're a little bit more uh, mature than what you would consider, you know, a startup is that, yeah, we have not only large clients, um, we have a proven technology, but we also have 19 patents and I have several more patents that are pending. And basically what those patents do is they're basically designed around the processes and methods that are required to digitally identify, capture, map, um, and display underground utilities. And they're known what's called as pioneer patents. So a lot of the patents, when I started writing these patents, um, the technology wasn't even available. So that means that you will have, you basically ring fence um, the intellectual property that, that belongs to the company and that will considerably augment its value. That's correct. I think, you know, I think we're going to see, as I mentioned, the, you know, the numbers, I think we're going to see uh, significant growth in this market, even though it's already, you know, a multi-billion dollar market sector. But we also have protective mechanisms in place that if we're successful in enforcing our patents, uh, that we might be the uh, you know, only company that can do oh, yeah. that. Or I license the technology to other companies that also have a significant imprint um, in the market to utilize our technology based on a um, licensing basis. Um, is there anything else you, you're able to tell us at the moment? I'm really excited about, um, you know, our future. You know, one of the things that I did, and I think it, it demonstrates what we have developed, is also the level of um, executive management that I've been able to, uh, to attract. You know, I have a significant amount of experience um, in developing, you know, GIS and uh, data management systems, but I also recruited some pretty key resources, including, um, you know, Vasa Dasan. Vasa is our chief operating officer, but prior to joining uh, ProStar, for 15 years he was the chief technology officer of uh, Sun Microsystems Services Divisions for Cloud. If you know Sun Microsystems, that's a very big company. They were eventually acquired by uh, by Oracle. And one of uh, Boss's accomplishments is he actually moved Wall Street to the internet. So he has a significant amount of experience in running cloud computing companies um, that are infinitely scalable. So that's one thing is to build a technology that you feel has a significant impact on the market and provides significant value. But you know, one of the questions that often comes up is, how scalable is this? Well, thanks to Vasa um, and his team, you know, our system works anywhere in the world, any language. Um, we accept any currency, and it's infinitely scalable. So we have no limitations about, you know, how many users are on our system in, in any country. And then Jonathan uh, Richards, who's our uh, CFO, has over 15 years of public company accounting, finance, and regulatory experience, particularly on the Toronto Stock Exchange and the Toronto Stock Exchange, uh, you know, the TSX Venture. And then Carl Lashua, this is kind of a play on Europe here. Carl, Carl has over 30 years. He's my vice president. He has over 30 years experience in building and leading information technology operations and program management teams. And formerly, 
He was the Chief Information Officer of HSBC Canada, as well as Europe, and he was Head of Software Delivery for HSBC throughout Europe. So I have a team that forms a uh, backbone that is uh, you know, very mature, has significant um, experience in scaling companies, particularly in mobile and cloud. And I think that's one of the key components of why we're going to be successful, because not only have we built the technology to be infinitely scalable throughout the world, but I also have the uh, management team. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Paige. Um, we'll obviously be keeping very close tabs on ProStar and its progress going forwards. And uh, we look forward to having you back on again when uh, when there's more news and more developments at the business. Sounds good. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. To get uh, up-to-date commentary on what's happening in the share markets, both in Europe and North America, and our views on some of the emerging investment stories in the small cap space, make sure you check out www.thearmchairtrader.com and sign up to our free daily newsletter.